Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Shannon and Megan. This season of the Wicked Good Momcast is brought to you by our partners at Rockland Trust, a local bank dedicated to providing advice and support through every stage of life or business. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a branch to learn more. Hi, listeners. Continuing our series on Wicked Good Entrepreneurs, today we are talking to a popular local fitness and nutrition coach. We want to hear what led her on this entrepreneurial journey, how she found success, and how she's helping moms on their journeys while still making time for her own family. We are so glad you are tuning in to hear this inspiring interview with Boston mom, Sarah DeSalt. Our guest today is a certified personal health trainer and YouTube star. She has been featured in Women's Health, Teen Vogue, Glamour, Fitness Magazine, Red Book, and has been seen on the Today Show. Her fitness videos have been viewed more than 230 million times. We are so happy to welcome Sarah DeSalt, or as you may know her, Sarah Fit, to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, so I wanted to kind of start out talking about your background. What did life look like for you before your business and everything just kind of took off? So I am totally a dinosaur and an accidental influencer in this industry. Um, I graduated college and I wanted to be a broadcast reporter, got a job at Nesson and was a production assistant, which anyone who has ever worked in production knows that is the lowest of the low, literally making eight, nine dollars an hour. Um, answered to get a the coffee post. and the bagels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like got um Needed a side gig, uh, got a job off of Craigslist doing uh, online video for a little website called diet.com and basically thought I was building up my reel to be a news reporter. And that was in 2007, um, the fall of 2007. So YouTube literally was maybe like a year old at that time. Oh, wow. And under the guidance of the guy that owned diet.com, I basically was creating and producing YouTube content for that website. And I saw the evolution of online video right before my eyes. I saw these, what we now call influencers emerging. These girls were creating videos in their bedrooms and making money. And I was doing this for a company, but I quickly was like, I could do this myself. So I left diet.com in 2008, um, part-time great time to kind of venture out. It was a recession. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. And it allowed me to really pursue building my own channel. And as a result, um, I was a super early adopter, was in the right place at the right time. And it really took me honestly, almost 10 years to fully admit that I was never going into broadcast TV and that I was an influencer and web video was the future. So Life before Sarah Fit was literally a young college, a fresh grad who was trying to be a reporter and somehow was in the right place at the right time and just fell into it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And it's it's so neat to be able to look back. Like at the time when it's all kind of happening, you don't really know where the path is leading. 
but to be able to look back and see how everything fell into place. That's so rewarding. Yeah. I mean, looking back, there's a lot of things I would do differently, but you know, I was young and my husband was always like, you got to have a business plan. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm just going where the money's going, which was my number one mistake. But, um, yeah, it was a fun ride. It was a really fun journey. I had a lot of fun. Um, I definitely didn't put my head down like I could have or should have. But that's okay because every decision I've made in the past has led me right where I am today. And I am very lucky um, to have, you know, the family that I have and the career that I have built. Totally. Totally. I always love to hear a person's why. Like, what is your why? What is your motivator behind chasing your dreams? So originally my why started out in that I didn't never I've never wanted a traditional job. Um I wanted to be honestly I wanted to be like an at-home mom and I saw this job as being an amazing opportunity to work for myself the hours that I want from a very early age. Um But then it became more about passion and helping people with health and fitness. So my why has definitely changed over the years, whereas it started and it's like, I want to build my own business. I want to be successful. My why has now changed into wanting to not correct the wrong that I did early in my career sharing because it was it was the fitness and nutrition advice that I believed early in my career. And it has just shifted a lot now. And so my why now has changed in helping other women form a healthier relationship with food and fitness, because it's really something I struggled with. And my clients will send me on Fridays, we celebrate wins mm-hmm. and they'll, or non-scale victories, and they'll send me their victories. And every single Friday, I'm reminded why I do this, because I truly help people build that healthier relationship, boost their self-confidence and feel better about themselves than they ever have. And that really is my why at this point. And also, I like to work. (laughs) Um, I realized that being a 100% stay-at-home mom was not for me. Um, I like to have a bit of myself, and that's what I have in my business. But I also have this amazing flexibility to work more or work less, um, depending on the season of life. Yeah. And I love that you point that out, that your motivators change and evolve as you change and evolve. And as our world does... um, Or as kids enter the picture, I mean, when you started out, like that was nowhere on your radar at the moment um, that I know we're going to talk later about how like having a child has kind of changed um, what you're doing with your business. Did you have any personal fears or doubts um, or do you still and how do you work through those? Always. Uh, My number one fear was obviously failure. That's how everybody feels. And there was a point in my career early on, and I didn't know if I needed to go and get a full-time job again. And I'll never forget, I was in my apartment on Beacon Street in Boston. I was grinding. I was producing three YouTube videos a week, um, which is a lot because I was filming, editing, doing everything myself. And I got an email from Laughing Cow Cheese offering me my first ambassador campaign. It was a year-long partnership. I was going to get $20,000. And it was this amazing opportunity. And I don't really eat Laughing Cow Cheese anymore. But, um, but you know, but like 
for me, it was just, it was this aha moment. Like, oh my God, I can keep going. It helped me believe that I could keep going. And so my fear was that I was going to fail, obviously, that I wasn't going to be able to do this. Another fear of mine is that this is uncharted territory. None of us know where this is going. And, you know, there is that fear that the algorithm is going to change and you're all of a sudden going to become obsolete Mm -hmm. and, you know, or your account gets hacked and, you know, you no longer have access to that audience and you're not going to be able to build it back up. Those are definitely real fears that we all have who rely on an algorithm and having a following online. I've built systems that if that were to happen, I would be okay. Um, But, you know, back then, those were a lot of fears. And I think another fear, and your listeners probably can relate to this, in the beginning, it was embarrassing. Like, putting yourself out there, making these YouTube videos. I had friends, legit friends of mine, prank, email me like their weight loss struggles. And I look back and I'm like, that was so horrible of them (laughs) because I would respond like heartfelt and, you know, and then they'd be like, haha, just kidding. This is so-and-so. And I'm like, and, and like they would call me the diet diva and they had all these nicknames for me. And now I feel like I'm the one that's laughing because I have such an amazing, cool job and I make my own hours and I am my own boss. But back then it was super embarrassing. And I even see it now. People who are trying to be influencers, they're like so uncomfortable. And I have been there and people will be like, why are you doing this for your audience of 10? It's like, well, everybody starts somewhere. Um And so that's another fear. And that actually probably is still a fear. Um, What do people think of me in real life? You know, um, and every time I put something out there, I have to be like, my dad is going to see this. My husband's (laughs) boss's wife is going to see this. Like, you know, all those things. So it's like, I have to like, you know, or what if you say something completely inappropriate and you don't realize it? Or what if you post something accidentally? And so there's a lot of fears. No, I Totally get that. Um, Also being kind of in the social media biz. uh, Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I think people on your Instagram stories see you face forward in one way, but there's always like all of those worries and fears are in your head constantly. And so I completely get that. Um, You know, you see people like can send your story to people and you're like, are people talking about me? Are they making fun of me? Like, are they sending this because they think this is helpful to someone? And so, you know, you build it up in your head. And even today, I got a weird comment on a, on a reel, and I'm like, you know, my 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 reel was about just like having the most self confidence I've ever had, and I'm just like in an awesome headspace. And this comment was like, I think you still have issues, oh, and it's God. like, what's the point of this? I know. Like, yeah. And so, you know, in not necessarily a fear, but one of the biggest downsides of this industry is that everybody's got an opinion. You're not going to ask for it; they're going to give it to you. And so I wanted to do a story and be like, for everyone out there who thinks that I have a cool, awesome job and how lucky I am, at least you don't have to listen to the peanut gallery constantly critiquing and sharing their unsolicited opinions. I was just thinking about that this morning, how I've been in different seasons of my life where I've looked at someone and been, you know, maybe jealous or envious. And and then now I'm in a totally talk about evolving. I'm in a totally different season of my life. Um, And now I'm kind of looking back at like someone who I may have used to been and I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't so bad. Like everyone has different struggles and none of us know about them. 
And it's so mm-hmm. easy to hide behind a screen and type your opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't you don't know that person fully. You don't know fully what's going on. And maybe your opinion has more to do with something going on inside of you than that actual person. A hundred percent. Like I always say to my my clients or my coaches who are starting out, and it's like, hurt people, hurt people. And if you like happy, self-confident people don't leave nasty comments on Instagram, just doesn't happen. Like I can't tell you when I've ever left a nasty comment. Um, I, you know, I don't, don't go digging in like my twenties. Cause sure. I like to cause a little bit of controversy just for attention, but, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, that saying, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Like, I just, I'm like, we're grown adults. Like what is going on? Like, how can I help you? Right. Like, this isn't normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we could go on this tangent for a long time, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But let me segue a little bit. So actually, I met you through your cousin, Leah, who is on our Boston Moms executive team. Uh, She's amazing. And you know, she was like, oh, I, you know, I'm cousins with Sarah Finn. And we were like, what? Like, you've never mentioned this before. Um, so obviously you have been in a lot of really big uh, publications. What is that like? And I mean, we actually just before the show started, we're talking about like another big publication that you were recently in. But I mean, you know, from the beginning, the, your first one to now, what is it like being featured? Um. It was super cool. I have to be honest, though. I joke around that I like peaked right before my son was born when he was like, like uh, that was seven years ago. Uh So a lot like let's be honest, a lot of these publications were in my late 20s and early 30s. Um, You know, now and maybe I am still now and I'm just like desensitized. But like my heyday was when my YouTube channel was just like booming. And then I kind of stopped my YouTube channel like once my son was born, to be honest. But back then, it was the coolest thing ever. And I would get messages from people from high school being like, literally, I wouldn't even know I'd be in them. And they would like send me screenshots to be like, Glamour says that you're one of the fitness YouTubers to follow. And um, it was super cool. When I was in women's health, I got to go down to their studios, got the makeup, the hair, the headshot. That was super cool. I wasn't physically on the Today Show, to be honest, but my book was. Oh, and wow. That was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I absolutely, you know, died because my goal when I was like little was to be on the Today Show. And that's still a goal. Um, yeah. But, Put it you know, <laughs> yeah, I know I should I should do that because I'm totally a, a fan of putting things out there into the universe and they happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so it it doesn't get old. Every time I am featured in a magazine, I'm absolutely ecstatic and thrilled and it is cool. And I think it's gives you validation because back then everyone, when they would find out what I did in my late twenties, they'd be like, Oh, you make YouTube videos. Like, how do you make money? And then it's like, I'd be in a magazine and be like, Oh, yeah. she actually is sharing something with the world that's worthwhile. Um, So it was validating and exciting. So we talked a little bit about how like having kids can evolve us and change our motivators. Um, Did your business or what you promote change or evolve at all after having your son? 
A hundred percent. I think my entire vision, not vision, but just my relationship with food, to be honest, really is what shifted. Um, Before Tommy was born, I constantly felt like I wasn't skinny enough to be a successful fitness YouTuber. I had like zero self-confidence. I would have these photo shoots and I would go on these restrictive diets, um, lose five, 10 pounds, um, and then I would gain it back. And I just like, I just didn't have a good, healthy relationship with food. And and honestly, it was more mental. Um, and then after when I was pregnant with Tommy, I ate whatever I wanted. I stopped chewing gum, which I was like addicted to. Um, I stopped eating like any artificial sugars. Um, and I just started eating real food and didn't care how much of it I ate. I was pregnant. And to be honest, I was like, um, I love sweets. And when I was pregnant, I didn't want sweets. And to be honest, that was so disappointing. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, I'm going to eat all the cookies and brownies. And then I was like, I don't want chocolate. What the (laughs) heck? So as soon as Tommy was born, I all of a sudden had actual awareness of when I was hungry and when I was full. Mm -hmm. And I continued to eat real food. Whereas before I was so trying to restrict myself, I was eating all these weird, crazy foods that were like low calorie, trying to fill up on less. And I like looked better than ever. And I was no longer, so I'm one of those people that would restrict what I would eat. And then all of a sudden I wouldn't be able to restrict anymore because I was genuinely hungry. And then I would like binge on like, you know, cookies or whatever, or like peanut butter, which is a healthy food, but like would eat like way too much and then not feel great, feel bad, and then go and have to like burn it off at a spin class or a berries boot camp. Mm -hmm. Wake up the next day, do it again. And it just, it was awful. It meant it was horrible hating yourself for not having willpower and then blaming your lack of willpower on why you're not more successful. And it was just a really crappy way to live. Um, but after Tommy, I all of a sudden didn't have the time to go to Barry's boot camp and work out for 60 minutes, five days a week. I just simply didn't have that anymore. Um, my workouts now were like 30 minutes And so I would do that. And then in addition, I was eating whatever I wanted. And so my whole vision just shifted. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered the faster way, which I'm a health and health and nutrition coach, sorry, fitness and nutrition coach for them now. And I discovered them when I was six months postpartum with Connor. And that was kind of the final puzzle for me because I still wasn't sure how much I was supposed to be eating. I was trying to eat intuitively, but it was like I still had that guilt if I ate too much. And then when I became a teacher, a teacher, a coach with the faster way, I saw how much I should be eating. And it was so much more than I ever thought I should be eating. And it took away the guilt piece. Um, So that was like the, I don't even remember what the question was at this point, but that was the biggest (laughs) shift. And I was like totally one of those people that overcompensated with exercise. And now I was like, wait, I can look awesome just 30 minutes like at home. And I don't have to feel like I'm dying for 30 minutes. Like I can feel good. I just can lift weights and like my heart rate's never like sky high during these weight workouts. I still like my hit, my cardio, but for the most part, I don't do that anymore. I do I do a max uh, 60 minutes total for the week. 
um, of like hit cardio workouts and the rest is just strength training at home. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that has translated into what you're teaching your clients. So that, that is absolutely like, I think the question was like changing, like how my, how my vision shifted once I had kids. So it went from how to lose weight to how to have body confidence, how to feel good about the skin you're in, how to have a good relationship with food and fitness. Whereas before it was like, what workout can I show you that's going to burn more calories today? What recipe can I create for you that is like low in calories, but actually tastes good? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was much more, but also as I've grown, it was like when I first started, it was like out of college, like everybody back then, we were all trying to be like skinny. And now thankfully that, that, you know, uh, message has shifted into being strong and healthy and self-confident. Um, and when I get a client who wants to lose weight and I look at their numbers and I'm like, you don't have a lot of weight to lose. I try to go in and I'm like, I'm almost like a therapist. Mentally what's uh, going on. <laughs> and so that has been the biggest shift in arc in my uh, branding, um, in my business is going from, you know, and I still try to help people lose weight, but it's more about well, how much weight do we actually need to lose to have self-confidence and still enjoy the foods and the drinks that you love? Because, you know, for me, it's like I could get down to 130, but I am not drinking. I am not eating foods that I love and keep on that 10 pounds and I can eat what I want. You know, I can drink and I don't have to feel bad about myself. And everybody has to find this. I call it the happy, healthy weight. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, something that, you know, in physically you're in good health, but also you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And you're still living your life. hundred percent. Yeah. And your kids don't see you depriving yourself. That's right. so important. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like the generation we are raising, I hope that we are raising them with a different like culture and mindset than like what we probably grew up with in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hope. Yeah. Let me ask you too. Um, I feel like as a parent, as a mom, especially time is really hard to come by. So what is your advice around finding time to make healthy meals to grocery shop instead of doing takeout to find, you know, that 30, 60 minutes a week for cardio? Like, what is your advice around that? Yeah. So for me, it's something that I've always just um, it's, it's a habit now. It, I like, I don't even think about it when it comes to exercise. I wake up and I have a set schedule of what workouts I'm doing. I know on Fridays I'm taking a rest day. Don't have to worry about that. But on, you know, for the other four days during the work week, I wake up and sometimes I'll try to do it before the kids, um, are out of the house. Um, I'll say to Nick, Hey, I'm going to work out before preschool drop off. So if, you know, if Elle isn't awake yet, when she wakes up, you have to get her. Um, and so it's, you know, that is communicating with my partner to be like, you're in kid duty. This is important to me. And he knows it's important to me. And so he will, but I'm not totally a morning person. So a lot of times I fit in that workout. Um, sometimes with Elf, I don't have the nanny. Um, if it's just a strength workout, um, I let her see me do it. And she sometimes will grab like she has, she uses these little one pound dumbbells and she'll like pretend to do it with me. Um, she does not do it with me. Um, she just like plays around with the weights. Um, but I just make it a priority. I know what I have to do. And sometimes it's doing 
10 minutes before preschool pickup and 10 minutes after preschool pickup. And I am not afraid to let my kids watch a little bit of screen time because if I can get in my workout, I'm just in a better headspace. I'm a better mom. Um, and it's only 30 minutes. Um, and chances are, if it's Elle, she's not going to sit there for 30 minutes. She'll sit there for 10 minutes. She'll go and play with a little toy and then she'll come to me. I will preface Tommy, my oldest, never let me work out around him. Mm-hmm. Anytime I did a squat or a push up, he would jump on my back. Yeah. Um, so I had to go to a gym and put him in childcare because I didn't have a nanny back then. Um, when it comes to healthy meals, my biggest recommendation is taking 15 to 20 minutes on a Friday, set your family's meal plan for the week. You could even use ChatGBT these days. Be like, ChatGBT, give me a meal plan for the week. I have three kids. These are their ages. We want it to be healthy. Maybe somebody has an allergy. We want it to not have this. And ChatGBT is going to give you like a sample menu. What is Obviously, this? Chat? Chat GBT. AI. Oh, you I'm writing this ChatGBT. down. Yeah, ChatGBT, it's the AI. You can just ask it prompts and it gives things to you. You could ask ChatGBT to write you a podcast outline. Oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. (laughs) I have a health and fitness client or half a health and fitness coach coming on my show. Can you give me some suggested questions to ask her? And it will give you questions. Oh, wow. Um, This is amazing. There's a lot of AI. But that's another podcast. But anyway, and so, you know, and you could even be like, all right, this is a great meal plan. Can you create me a grocery list? And I don't know if it actually will do it accurately, but it might create you a grocery list. Um, In the faster way, I give my clients a meal guide every week. I recommend using Mm -hmm. it for inspiration. Mm -hmm. I will make extras at dinner, use that for my lunch the next day. I will batch prep lunches so that I have three lunches ready to go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You know, I've microwaved some rice. I'm going to put some carrots and cucumber and then do some, you know, um, air fryer salmon, a mm-hmm. little bit of soy sauce sriracha. There you go. Three lunches right there. But planning is your key to success. Also, locally, I love companies like Azaluna, A-Z-A-L-U-N-A. Mm-hmm. They will deliver meals that are already made. Love them. They're yes. delicious. Yeah. I am not paid by them. Nutre is another one. Don't love them as much. Um, Azaluna, I think, has better quality ingredients. But if you're super pressed for time and you have this goal, these companies send you meals that are already made. I love WECO, but they don't have the macros and you don't know the portions. And so if you have a health and fitness goal, um, I don't think they're the they're the one for you. But if you have a health and fitness goal and you know how much food you should be eating, I have a lot of free guides on my site where you can figure it out without becoming an official paying client. Um, these meal delivery services are awesome because you can create a meal um like a meal plan for your family and then add in these foods to reach your goals as well. That's really great advice. I really, I love that. Um, Do you have any advice for another mom who maybe she's listening and she has a dream of her own and she wants to pursue it? What would your advice be to her? So it's never too late to start. That's number one. Number two, there's plenty of room at the top. Number three, um, shout out to um, Emily Ogan. She's one of my uh, coaches She had zero Instagram followers about um, 17 months ago. She has 130,000 Instagram followers today, and she is crushing it. Emily was one of my clients, and she then went and decided to become a coach, and she is killing. She's probably going to make six figures this year. I don't know if she feels comfortable saying that, but um, or I should say she's going to. 
Um, she is absolutely crushing it. So she is a perfect example of someone who was a fitness trainer locally and she loved this program and now she has her own business and she's crushing it. That is a little bit of a Cinderella story, but it's a local one. Um, it's not like some random person in the Midwest that none of us have ever heard of. Um, you know, many of your listeners might follow her already. Um, but that being said, I really believe that you are never too late to start and to find something that you're passionate about. If it is something that's social, um, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Um, you know, uh, it's more about people that trust you being consistent and building an email list. It's not about followers on social media. It's about real people that trust you, that want to hear from you. Um, I can tell you for a fact, the top 20 uh, faster weight coaches, it is not the most followers that makes the most. The next followers makes the next most. I mean, the people with a lot of followers, yes, they're at the top. But there are plenty of people that have just niches. This one gal, she focuses on women with hypothyroidism who are trying to lose weight. She does not have anywhere near the followers that we have on social media, but she's crushing it because she has this very specific niche that she is fulfilling and she's talking to her customer. So right now, a big thing is niching down right. because not everybody's going to like you. If you are talking to everybody, you are talking to nobody for the most part. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you've got something really specific that you're passionate about, awesome. Set your intention, say it out to the universe. I really do believe in that. And then work towards your goal. I made a financial goal in November of 2022 and I hit that in January and I've consistently hit it. Um, and I need to like revise that goal because I am just like plowing through it. And so now I'm like, I'm going to say all of my goals That's and they're right. going to come yeah. true. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I worked hard and, yes. you know, the faster way is great at helping us with marketing. And when I was a YouTuber, I was like, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. And I didn't have that. Nobody was telling me what to do. I was kind of figuring it out. And with the faster way, they're telling me what to do. And I'm like, okay. And I just do it. And my business has taken off as a result. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And on that note, I wanted to ask you, how can our listeners best support you? So follow me on Instagram at Sarah Fit. Um, if you are interested in the six-week um, new client uh, coaching, uh, fitness and nutrition coaching, um, reach out, send me a DM. Um, but that's probably the number one way. Um, you know, follow me, send me a DM, connect with me. Um, I am always looking for ways to support my community. And a lot of times that comes just supporting, you know, businesses like you guys um, and doing what I can because I feel really lucky that I was given this platform that I just was in the right place at the right time. And now at this point, I'm like, how can I pay it, pay it forward, you know? And so um, reach out to me. But yeah, follow me on Instagram at Sarah Fit. Um, trying to get back into YouTube and stuff. Um, TikTok is a lost cause for me. Not lost cause, <laughs> but I don't love, I don't love the audience on, on TikTok. Um, it's a little toxic. Gotcha. All right. Well, listeners, if you are not already following Sarah, you can do so now by checking our show notes for her website and her social media. Sarah, at the end of all of our shows, we ask the same question to all of our guests. 
What are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston right now? Ooh, the safety. Can I say that right now? Yes, because that's mine too. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think that um, obviously we have great education, but um, with all the violence, I, I, I don't mean to be a downer at the end of this, but with all the violence everywhere, um, you know, Massachusetts is a very expensive place to live, as we all know. And I'm just thankful for our um, the laws that we have that, you know, have allowed our children um, to live in a community where I don't feel like this threat that a lot of other areas in the country are facing right now because it is terrifying. Um, my husband travels a lot and I'm like, can you like not travel to these States? But you know, at, at times we had floated moving and I'm like, right now I'm like, I will not leave this state. Um, so I feel blessed for that. And aside from that, the seasons, my kids love the seasons. Yes. <laughs> Back to happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I totally um, agree with you. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up. That's not something that we have openly discussed on the show, but I think it's important. Sarah, we appreciate you ha- having you on the show. And I love these kinds of interviews where, um, you know, it starts out like an interview and then I just feel like we're chit chatting. It was just so much yeah. fun to talk to you today. Thank you for having me and tell Leah, I said, hi, and thank you for getting me on this show. Definitely. She actually said to tell you hi as well. <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for uh, supporting supporting our own dream here at the Wicked Good Momcast. Your positive reviews, subscriptions, and shares with your friends actually make us do a little happy dance. Thank you for being here. And remember, you are a Wicked Good Mom. Boston Moms is grateful to this season's Wicked Good Momcast sponsor, Rockland Trust, a bank helping individuals and their families develop a healthy relationship with money at any age. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a local branch to learn more.